Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. Football is officially back, so uh, we're all very excited. Um, JT Runke is here with me today. We're going to be discussing a little bit about preseason, some of the early pains we saw from C.J. Stroud in that Texans offensive line, and then we're also going to get into our top 12 running backs for the season, something that everywhere else it's very heavily debated. Do you put Bijan Robinson at three like he should be, or do you lower him because he's a rookie? A lot a lot of differing opinions with running backs this year. Uh, you, you watch a preseason. What did you think last night, JT? Yeah, football is back, baby, officially. No, no Hall of Fame game or anything like that. <laughs> we are officially back. Um, yeah, we had two games last night. The Texans and Patriots won. I was super excited to watch that one and watched a mm-hmm. good deal of it. Um, Got to poke some fun on Twitter by spreading misinformation that Devin Singletary is now the running back one because obviously he's getting the first team touches last night when, of course, Damian Pierce is not playing at all. So that was a, that was good fun. But then CJ Stroud, getting to see him for the first time, that was fun. We're, we're back when we, we are rolling right into the NFL season here. You're right. It is Devin Singletary's season. Um, there was that third and one, I think. Offensive line failed. He juked two defenders out of their shoes, picked up the first down. I, I, I'm starting to believe. I'm starting to believe. In and Devin that, and that, Singletary. that's where I actually tweeted it. I was like, I was like, oh, Devin Singletary is the man. He's gonna be great. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it overreaction season is upon us, and I'm so yes. excited for I'm, it. I'm excited to overreact tonight. You're going. You mentioned pre-show. You're going to the 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 Packers tonight. Yeah. And... So after this recording here, um. Once we get finished up, I'll be heading over to Paycor Stadium to watch the Bengals and the Packers. So get to see some Jordan Love, probably some Christian Watson and some of the other guys out there. So that'll be a good fun. Will you will you be live tweeting your overreactions about Jordan Love tonight? Sure. Yeah. I mean, okay. of course. I will be I will be overreacting on Twitter with my Jordan Love uh reactions and also the Luke Musgrave hype train for the Packers. <laughs> so I'm excited. I just want everyone to know tonight if you're watching that game, every completion, he's the next Aaron Rodgers. Every incompletion, he's the biggest bust, the biggest failed draft pick ever. So no in between tonight. No in yep. between. Uh did you watch any of that Seahawks game? I, I honestly didn't. <laughs> so I watched a little bit of it and I have to say, if just to like come full circle on this we, we got to start paying attention to Zach Charbonnet, man. Yeah. Zach Charbonnet was looking like he was schooling some boys in the one-on-one Oklahoma drill last night against Lewis Seen and some other guys. Like, Zach Charbonnet was on a mission last night. So that was probably the only thing that really stood out to me in that game. And, you know, if Justin Jefferson isn't um, if Justin Jefferson isn't on the Vikings, Jordan Addison might be a very viable fantasy starter from week to week. Um, not going to say that right now. But he looked impressive as well. Yeah, it's good to see these rookies out there, at least on the field. Um, I, I I missed that one. I didn't watch it live, but they've got the new NFL Plus uh, premium, and you get Sunday ticket now for like 15 bucks, which is a lot cheaper than 600 with the YouTube TV, whatever that I know, is. Right? Yeah. I was, 
that's how I've been watching the replays. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I have I have YouTube I have YouTube TV, so I got I got um, all of it through there. And I don't I didn't buy a Sunday ticket, but I have Red Zone and stuff. But it is okay. very tempting to 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 switch over. But we'll have to see before the season starts. You know, trial and error. Yeah, that's that's I. I used to do the student discount that they had through DirecTV. It was like a hundred bucks for everything. And that <laughs> was too good to be true, too good to last. YouTube took that away from us. But let's kick things off with our running back number twelve. That's what people are here for. Who's your RB twelve? I'll put you right on the spot. I'm. I want to oh hear. Oh boy. It. Okay, my RB twelve. So there's a lot of guys here, kind of in that third tier of <laughs> there four are. guys. For there's yeah. like I have like three tiers of four guys. <laughs> um this season and so rounding out that number 12 spot i'm gonna go with the rookie jameer gibbs um i i I think i can i'm putting him maybe a little low there um mostly because i question the amount of running volume he'll get Mm -hmm. i'm not questioning the amount of volume total because i really do think that he might see seven to eight targets a game like he's a wide receiver this season we know how the lions love to pass the ball but i think david montgomery just takes enough of the of the rushing volume that jameer gibbs is not a top 10 running back but i still think the volume for him really cements him in that top 12 conversation despite being a rookie i like it i like it i've actually got him a little bit higher than you but my rb12 is joe mixon i I'm kind of out on Joe Mixon from a just pure talent perspective. He's right at 27, so this is kind of the last year probably. But when I look at that depth chart, that backfield, I know that the volume will be good enough that he'll he'll finish top 12. That's really my reasoning. And and that like as you say, because we can segue into it. We're kind of going fast here, but it, it works perfectly because my number 11 here is Joe Mixon, um, because he is just honestly one of the safest fantasy running backs like he does he is kind of falling into that solid rb2 with rb1 upside still but he's still going to get the volume of touches in a, in a league where there are a lot of concerns with these top 12 like with touch share and like target seeing some in the receiving game and whatnot um joe mixon's probably the safest as as it gets and that offensive line man it got better signing mm-hmm. orlando brown like it it saw a massive upgrade and even if Joe if Joe Burrow's out a couple of games, they will rely heavily on Joe Mixon this season. So he is my running back eleven. It's it's interesting how late he's going. He's going four oh six on sleeper <laughs> platforms. He's going yep. after Kenneth Walker right now, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, um, because it's really funny because like um, Joe Mixon is like. Um, the the only guy in that backfield, right? Like he is the only one in that backfield and he's going later than a guy in Ken Walker who A, may not even see the field to start the season and B, is going to be sharing touches for sure with Ken, or with Zach Charbonnet. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the opportunity last year, even with Samaj P. Ryan there, 73% opportunity share, which was the seventh most for any running back, 441 receiving yards, sixth most, most and I feel like looking at that I feel like having him at 12 I feel like that's that might be too low but he's being drafted as like the RB 16 17 right now people are so out on Joe Mixon uh he really might be a crazy value uh this year yeah I I mean especially if you're trying to play more of a a zero RB strategy Mm -hmm. like going in your first like four rounds like taking two wide receivers and one of the top three quarterbacks in those first three rounds and then joe mixon is your rb1 like 
it, that, that is such a steal, you know, and that's like where you start to see that value. Cause there are some running backs here who are in that fourth round, uh, fifth round that really shouldn't be going that low. Um, and that's where you start to target that value. So that's why I like Joe Mixon. That's yeah. Never before have I been drafting a team where I'm seeing starting running backs going in the fifth round. I mean, it's, it's the Madison's five eleven. He's five yeah, eleven. Madison. I know you um, love him. James Connor, six Oh five. Exactly. Like it, we are in a new era of fantasy football. We are, we have come full circle that now the wide receivers <laughs> are overvalued to a point where we overdraft them and the running backs are falling behind. And I'm sure in two to three years, we will come back around full circle mm-hmm. on this, but with that's just where we are in the landscape. And you kind of just got to go with, with the ebbs and flows of fantasy football ADP. My running back 11, uh, it's not quite Jameer Gibbs. I've still got him a little higher, but I've got Najee Harris. And this is uh, one word volume. That's what, that's where I've got Najee Harris. Look last year, disappointing but he was playing with a metal rod in his foot. And he still, when he got the metal rod out of the foot, he was very good. And I do think that uh, Jalen Warren is going to take some work on third downs especially. But once he got the rod out of his foot, he started uh, on the five-game pace at the end of the season, weeks 14 through 18. He was back to uh, a 1,200-yard pace, 10-touchdown pace, 384 opportunity pace. I think that he's being put down a little too much. I've never been the biggest believer in him from a talent perspective in terms of fantasy, but I think that the volume will be there again. I think the team will be slightly better. And third round, it's it's a pretty good value. Once again, a starting running back who's going to get a lot of volume. I don't see him having the upside as someone as Jameer Gibbs, which is why I've got Gibbs going to be a little bit higher. But Najee Harris is my RB11. Yeah, so my RB10 here is going to be Travis Etienne. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that you have him somewhere in here, but I'm going to probably play the safer of the of the two of us here and say that Travis Etienne is my running back 10 this season. Um, there's no doubt that there's going to be volume for him there, both in the running game and the passing game. I think this offense is going to take it to a new level where we kind of see what, what the... Um, what the Cowboys did last year, where it's just go, go, go. This is going to be a high prolific offense, and Travis Etienne is going to be a big part of it. The only thing that concerns me is um, the new the new rookie, Tank's, Tank Bigsby, who, which mm-hmm. reports are keep coming out that he is going to be extremely involved. So if you're going to take Travis Etienne, I would seriously recommend handcuffing him with Tank Bigsby because um, that could save you down the line. But, yeah, I mean, solid, solid guy who's going to get his touches um, – and with with some upside in the receiving game and is kind of poised to have a breakout year and is one of those candidates. I actually like him at 10, or or am I on 10 now? Yeah, I'm on 10 too. And I've got him at 10 as well. That's where I ended okay, up with him. Okay, there you I, go. I yeah, did put okay. Gibbs, Gibbs, spoiler alert, is nine. I saw the okay. receiving upside is a little bit better, um, especially with the injury history that ETN has. And 10, that's a good finish for ETN. I'll be happy with that. And I'm not buying in as much on Tank Bigsby, but I'm also not buying in on these reports saying that they're going to see Travis Etienne get 1,600 yards. I don't think that's the case. I think it's somewhere in the middle, which would be about 10. And I do think that the upside is a little bit capped by this offense really wanted to work through Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. I think it's going to be incredibly efficient for Etienne and probably Bigsby but I don't think the volume will be enough for them to really crack into that, you know, 
upper stratosphere of, of RB1s. I think it's a lower-end RB1, but I, I still love him. <laughs> yeah, and, and as you said with Jameer Gibbs, you said he's at nine. Um, so what makes the distinction there between, because they are kind of similar players. I think the, that Gibbs is probably a better receiver and um, ETN is a better runner, but what kind of differentiates the two for you? For me, I see Gibbs as really what I wanted ETN to be last year. Uh, a slightly better pass catcher. He's not coming off of quite of ca- you know that catastrophic injury. And a big thing, it's the coaching staff that drafted him. That that really had played a part in some of, I think, why ETN got off to a slower start. They were still pretty tied to to James Robinson, and at the end of the day, they bring in Bigsby. And I do worry a little bit that the team likes Bigsby and Bigsby is good. Whereas when this team, yes, they brought in uh, David Montgomery, but they also spent a very high draft pick on Jameer Gibbs. The coaches, the, the the staff that is there right now, spent that pick, that first rounder on Gibbs. I believe they're going to utilize him. I don't think there are as many pass-catching options for Jared Goff as there are for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has, obviously, Christian Kirk was fantastic last year. Evan Ingram was really good. And now they bring in Calvin Ridley. So even as a pass catcher, he's you're looking at your third, fourth option for Trevor Lawrence, whereas Gibbs really could be the two or three. And that's why I see him as having a little more upside. And if something happens to David Montgomery, I think the upside's unlimited for Gibbs. But yeah, that, that's why I've got a, him a little higher. That's definitely a fair argument. I'm just like, I, I want Gibbs to succeed, but you know, it's just with rookies, it's just hard to see. They they can either be these these training camp darlings and they can just flame out significantly to start the season. So that's why I'm uh, putting a little bit of caution on Jameer Gibbs. My running back nine here, um, maybe a little bit lower than some people would put him, but I'm putting Tony Pollard as my running back nine. Um, First of all, injury concern. He's coming off that broken leg. Um, All, all signs look good to go, but you never know with those. Um, He's an explosive player and he's going to finally be the running back one, whether Jerry Jones likes it or not, because Zeke Elliott is not here anymore. He's going to be the running back one on that team. I'm just kind of a little bit concerned with him. I think he could be a lot better, but I'm putting him this low because I'm just concerned that that he succeeded because Ezekiel Elliott was taking a lot of those touches. Can he assume this role 24-7 on this team? And that's just something I'm not really prepared to kind of take the gamble on as like my first, my RB1 on my team. Like I I don't want Tony Pollard to be my running back one on my team and not have another one of these top 10 guys. You know, he's a nice compliment um, and can definitely shore up the running back room, but definitely not the guy I want to be the headlining of my running back room. No, I like it. I, I've got him a little higher than you, but I'm not quite as in on him as other people. I just don't think the efficiency will stay the same. And I think that's the whole thing between that. uh, The offensive line concerns with Zach Martin still holding out. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. Dak is always just kind of a a question mark with, with that team. He can either really help your player or really hurt your player. And we saw that at times last year with CD lamb. Um, So he's just someone who I like but I, I, I'm just going to need to see it before I believe it. I, I like that, pumping the brakes on him. And my nine is another player that, you know, if 
just the volume goes up and the efficiency stays the same should be the RB1 or 2. But I just can't buy in right now. It's Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, he comes in as my 9. Look, he was fantastic last year. They get rid of Damian Harris. I believe they're going to bring someone else into that backfield. I think that this offense is going to try, try, try to throw the ball a little more downfield than they did last year, and I think that will cause his targets to go down. I mean, 89 targets for running back is is crazy. I don't think he replicates that receiving production if they try to push the ball downfield a little more, uh, and, and he really needs incredible efficiency. Five yards a carry last year. And if you take away Damon Harris and he's getting it all, can he keep that at five yards a carry? I don't think so. I, I don't think the efficiency stays quite as high. I don't see, think he sees as much receiving work. I think they bring someone else in for some goal line carries. I think he has a great season, but I don't see it as his top five finisher that some people do. And he comes in at nine for me. And yeah, so my number eight, I believe he's your number eight as well. Cause did you have, didn't you have Gibbs as your nine or is, was he your 10 there? Um, I'm, I'm but, losing track. <laughs> no, you're good. I think we both have Ramondre Stevenson here. That's what a co-host is for, keeping you on track. Yes. Love it. Um, I, we, I think we both have Ramondre Stevenson here, our running back eight, and I think we share the same concern here. Um, this is a guy that, once again, kind of like Tony Pollard, um, he is a guy who has the chance to have tremendous volume and is really good in the running uh in the running or in the receiving game but that running game volume that he's going to get here i i just don't know if that's uh obtainable and sustainable with him um because i mean the patriots used him like crazy last year and if they use him again like that i i worry about maybe injuries uh, popping up for this team. And I think they will eventually sign someone as well. I don't really think you can have Ty Montgomery and Pierre Strong be your be your depth running backs on, on this team. Um, but just like um, Tony Pollard, he's a guy that I, I think can be a running back one, but I don't want him to be my running back one and then wait in the draft for like a bunch of twos. Like I don't want him headlining that. No, I'm, I'm with that. So, let me let me just double check that because I wrote it down now. I did Mixon at twelve, Najee at eleven, Etienne at ten, Gibbs at nine, Stevenson at eight. Is that the correct? Yes, I okay, believe so. Okay. And then as we're almost halfway here, my twelve was Jameer Gibbs, my eleven was Joe Mixon, my ten is Travis Travis Etienne, my uh, nine was Tony Pollard, and my eighth best running back is Ramondre Stevenson. All right, and then I've got Pollard coming in at seventh, so we're both a little lower, and my reasoning is exactly the same. I just, when I look at it, I, it just ends up being one or one or two spots higher, but I, I'm fully on board with all your hesitations with Pollard, uh, and, and really, I would still not be surprised if they bring in another body. Yeah, no, full, fully agree, and I think right there at the seven, because my seven here is going to be um, Josh Jacobs from seven, seven down here. Um, that, that is kind of the area where I start to say, okay, seven on down. I know I can draft this guy and he's going to be an RB one stud for me. He's going to be my guy who gets me double digits every single week. Um, and I know that I can rely on him to produce every single week where you have those guys from eight to 12, where I I'm just, I'm not as sold on them. Um, but yeah, Josh Jacobs, is my uh, running back seven here. Um, there's really not a lot to say about it. 
it, it it's hard for me to believe that he's going to replicate what he did last year. Of course, I, I think he probably receives the most volume um, out of any of these running backs this year, like he did last year, because really with Jimmy Garoppolo on that team, I think they're still going to force feed it to him, especially um, in kind of his his year where he is on the um, the franchise tag. So there really is no downside to using him like crazy unless they get a new deal done. Um, and he's just someone who I don't know if the the metrics are going to stand up to last year. Like he was crazy in the run game in, in kind of breaking tackles in how many yards per attempt. Like he was crazy last year. And I think we see a little bit more regression back to the mean. Um, so that's why I'm going to take him there at seven. Wait, seven or six. <laughs> my, my seven, you're okay. up with six. Now. I'm up with six. now. I'm getting the numbers off now. Okay. My six is Derek Henry. Someone that has been a fantasy darling for a very long time. But I've mentioned a lot of times that I am not quite the biggest believer in this Titans offense this season. I worry about the mileage on Derrick Henry. I also worry that he doesn't get the Texans till to the very end of the season. That if he's hurt by the end of the season or if they're not playing him for whatever reason, you might miss out on those two 45-point games. And that's why I've got him a little lower than where he has finished in the past. Um, I still do like Derrick Henry. I think that he's going to catch the ball more than he has in the past. Last year, we saw a, a pretty big uptick in receptions. Yeah, career, career high in yeah. receptions for him last and year. And that is going to help the floor out a lot. But I don't think the offense is going to be good enough for him to get back into that kind of top three position that we've come accustomed to seeing him in. Yeah, and so I'm going to agree with you there, and I know it's kind of boring, but he is also my running back six, and then I promise after we get past this, the hot takes are coming because I have some. Um, with Derrick Henry here at six, I, 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 it's not that I think the offense is going to be bad. It's just I think they're going in a different direction this year, um, kind of being a little bit more versatile in how they kind of run their offense. It's going to be a lot more pass intensive, I think, bringing in DeAndre Hopkins, having a new offensive coordinator in Tim Kelly down there. Um, and then, of course, age is a factor. And yet Derrick Henry proves us wrong every single year. But, I mean, you got to think it – I don't think it, it – he falls off the cliff this year. But to your point, the number one guy that I would target, even if he's not doing good – this season. Like if, if Derek Henry is a dud or if he's a stud this season buy Derek Henry at the trade deadline, because he gets both, he gets the Jacksonville Jaguars once and the Houston Texans twice in the fantasy playoffs, but two teams that he's run for more than 200 yards against <laughs> in multiple games. It like dude is going to win people leagues. And if, so if you keep that in the back of your mind and say, I really don't want to spend the draft pick on Derek Henry, but I will go after him at the trade deadline. I think that's even a smarter play than drafting him. No, it's if if Derrick Henry is healthy and he's on your team for the last three weeks, you're winning it all. There's, there's yes. no question. Yep. No question in my mind. Um, yeah, screw, screw the rest of the draft. As long as you have Derrick Henry on <laughs> your the team, trade you, just win. You, you just You just win. So it doesn't really matter. No, you mentioned hot takes coming up. My my hot take is that I have not said Josh Jacobs' name yet. So take that as you will. Is he going to be in the top five, or did he fall out of my top twelve completely? Is he my boss? That that we'll have to see how hot of a take that will be. But uh, my number five is Austin Eckler. 
not Josh Jacobs yet. So Austin wow. Eckler comes in at five. I know a lot of people have him like right after McCaffrey, but I think that we are going to see a massive decline in the receiving work for Austin Eckler. They go out, they bring in Quinton Johnston in the first round, uh, a, a prototype wide receiver, one build. Everything this team is doing is saying, we want to throw the ball downfield. We don't want to just run it with Eckler and throw the check downs to Eckler. And that's really part of the reason this offense really stagnated at the end of the season is they didn't have the receiving weapons to really compete with a team like the Jacksonville at the end of the season. They kind of fizzled out. They didn't have that spark that they needed in the second half of the game. And I think that Eckler will be efficient enough. I think he'll score enough touchdowns that he finishes top five. But I don't think he sees the crazy receiving volume that we, we've seen from him uh, in the past several years. Last season, 7.5 targets a game. I'm not believing that's happening. 107 receptions. If we take that down to a more, you know, a still, still a high number, but, you know, 85 receptions, 90 receptions, there's going to be a pretty big decline in fantasy production. Um, yeah, and I see, I, I totally get that argument, but I yeah. think that is still pretty hot take for people who are looking to take Austin Eckler maybe in the top four of drafts. Like that, that is that is still pretty hot in my opinion, but I, it's totally plausible that I think Austin Eckler could not meet the expectations of a top four overall fantasy draft pick. But um, yeah, my my number um, my number five here is Nick Chubb. Um, kind of because I, I like buying in on the Nick Chubb hype this season. I just still worry about if he is going to get that um, receiving work that he needs mm-hmm. to get to become truly the number one running back this this season. Um, and with these top five guys, like he is a guy I know is going to get me like 14 to 15 points a game. And I'm super solid with locking him in as my running back one um, on any team. And I feel like, you're still kind of getting Nick Chubb right now for a bargain kind of in the mid to late second round. Yeah. If, if you're looking like looking for him, like he is going to be a stud. There's no doubt about that, but it's just with Deshaun Watson, it, I, I still kind of am questioning the receiving aspect of his game. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to buy in when we haven't seen it happen. I, I, I give you that. I'm more on the side that it will happen, but it's hard to buy in when they just have not used him that way and have signed players so they don't use him that way. They've they've never wanted to. So it'll be interesting to see, though, but I, I, I don't think that's crazy to have him at that spot, though. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think it's, it's, it's a fairly safe spot to put him. Yeah. It's definitely not, like, the craziest hot take to put him there. But, I mean, that's kind of what you expect. I, I wouldn't, like, I would be the least shocked out of any player, if you told me at the end of the season Nick Chubb was running back five, I'd be like, "That makes per- perfect sense." <laughs> like, that's like exactly, that, that's where, exactly he should be. where where he should be. So, my four is Saquon Barkley. Um, he's going end of the first round in sleeper leagues, which is fantastic because you can get someone, in my opinion, top five running back at the end. And then if you're drafting at the end of the first round, you can throw in Derrick Henry or another top tier running back, or even Nick Chubb. Uh, on the way around. So I, I do like Saquon Barkley at the end of the first round. But last year, he finally kind of got things back together. It had been disappointing really since, what, the rookie season where he finished number yeah. two. Mm-hmm. He was then the number 10 running back, then he missed the whole season. And then 2021, it was just a, a dreadful season, finished as the RB32. Last year, we got to see him come back. 
regained full command of the the offense. He was healthy, finished as the RB6, and I think things get a little bit better for him this year as this offense takes a bit of a step forward. Uh, Daniel Jones was uh, very improved last year, and it was a rookie head coach who did a fantastic job, and I think this this offense takes a, a step forward. And really, in terms of the receiving touchdowns, he didn't have any, but he had 76 targets. I think he had on a couple receiving touchdowns that he had in his rookie year. He had four that year, two in 2019. I think he had a few more touchdowns, maybe a few more opportunities through the air, and I think he finishes as the RB4. He's still a fantastic talent, fully removed from all the entries. I, I'm in on Saquon. Yeah, my running back four here is going to be Bijan, the the okay. rookie. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of put cautiously on on it that he is my running back four because I think the three other options above him are kind of a more known commodity, but still like being an unknown commodity and being the running back four like in my book still like sets me up for success, right? Um, if I'm like in a later pick in the draft in the first or the early second, like I'm scooping him up as fast as I can, but like taking him with like the sixth pick or the seventh pick, I, I just don't know if I can do it. Um, but yeah, Bijan is going to be fed. They did not draft him with the eighth overall pick in the draft, not to. The only thing that really concerns me is that this this Falcons team, their defense is still pretty pretty underwhelming. Is mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say it nicely. They are underwhelming, which means that they will be playing from behind most of the time we, we we all know these 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 falcons teams love to choke and, and especially this year i feel like they're gonna especially with desmond ritter playing the entire season <laughs> like there may be a chance that just game script kind of screws Bijan robinson this year but i still think he gets enough work to solidify himself as a top five running back i like it i've got him a little bit higher than you uh but okay okay it's it's it is interesting because, yeah, by all means, the, the game script should not be in his favor with Ritter at quarterback. But these games could be ugly and slow enough that it never gets out of control. Very That's true. what I'm banking like, on. Like either either the Falcons like are always chasing from behind or it's an ugly game where they blow it in the end so it doesn't even really matter. I remember you know? that game like, when uh, uh, Matt Ryan beat the, the Chiefs last year just because they drained the clock the whole game. Yes. Yep. With with the Colts, yeah. Like yeah. I could totally see the Falcons just doing that and winning a bunch of games like 15 to 13 this year <laughs> by the skin of their teeth. And Bijan Robinson ends up having like 80 yards and two catches because there's just no offensive production. <laughs> which would suck because he's such a great talent, you know? No, the hype is getting unreal, and I, I'm part of that problem because where I've got him <laughs> is completely unreasonable in my rankings. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Well, um, yeah, let's let's run run down. So we're at our top three now, we're right? At our top so they're, three, they're, yeah. We have our top three here, and I guess I'll, I'll kick it off again. As yeah. we've been flip flopping. My third, as just the guy we already talked about, uh, Austin Eckler. Um, yeah. I, I'm bringing him down just one spot because of everything you said, but I still think that he does get enough work in this offense, especially in a now a new kind of revitalized offense, a cowboy style offense where they're going to be playing up tempo and using Austin Eckler as a, as a dump off kind of route. Um, I think the only thing that really hurts Austin Eckler is once again, the rushing production isn't great. Uh, he has never had a season with over a thousand rushing yards, um, but but the receiving work is enough to where I think he still is a top three running back. The only other thing I would say is that I'm getting the sense that they're trying to make Justin Herbert throw the ball down the field 
like deep down the field a lot more in early preseason and training camp. And that might hurt, <clears throat> excuse me, that might hurt his value a lot. Yeah, that's, I, th- I think we're in agreement. And I don't think it's unreasonable to say that he finishes three, even with the decrease. No. Um, yeah. That's, that's when you get to the top, really five, anyone could be, it, it's almost interchangeable. It, gets it really is. And like, like I said, with this, those top six or seven, set and forget, right? You're mm-hmm. drafting that guy, you know that you got a solid guy. When he gets to eight or 12, you know, this guy could be a solid set and forget guy, but there's always there's always other factors with, with their teams. Well, my RB3 is Nick Chubb. Look, he's finished as a top 10 running back every season except for his rookie year. We all know he's one of, if not the best pure runners in the NFL. He's averaged 5.3 yards a carry over his whole career. It just has been a lack of receptions. And we kind of saw with Derrick Henry last year when he got that uptick because they they lost a weapon. They lose Kareem Hunt. They say they're going to give him more receptions this year. If he gets just a few more, I think the upside gets gets a lot higher. The floor each week gets a lot higher. And he had 23 receptions last season. Not a lot. He can he can he can go up from there pretty easily in my eyes, especially with a more pass heavy offense. So I think sure maybe he loses a few carries due to the the better quarterback play. But if he gets to you know 35, 40 receptions, I think he finishes top three. I still think he's going to be incredibly efficient on the ground. I think that this team is going to have more touchdown opportunities than they have in the past, just because it's going to be a better offense. So I've got Nick Chubb at three. And I, that's another thing I didn't mention. Like Nick Chubb is like a touchdown a game, almost guaranteed. And like sometimes even two guaranteed every single week. And so like that plus, like you said, if he gets just a little uptick in receiving, like he can go from really good to great. Um, with my, um, I guess we're at RB2 now. So we're at the top two here. I'm going to go with Saquon. And my take is okay. that Saquon is going to have his best year since, um, since his rookie year. And a lot of that is just because I have a small feeling that Saquon has a real chance to be like one of the top two receiving leaders on this mm-hmm. team. Like I'm just still like not bought into like what the giants have in their receiving core. Right. Like it, it is just a bun- a room full of slot receivers in Darren Waller injury and prone I, I, slot receivers. Yes. Injury pr- prone slot receivers Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley. And I would not be surprised if we see an absolute historic season from Saquon Barkley in the receiving game. And I just really, I really like him this season. And I think he could be going top five right now in a lot of drafts, but I think just because of his history, like two or three years ago, you're Mm kind of getting at him at a discount where you can almost get him at the turn of the end of the first round, early second. Um, So he's my guy that I'm super backing this year. No, I love him too. I love him too, but I don't love as much as my number two, Bijan Robinson, the new Saquon Barkley, as, oh, as he's yes. hailed. Look, it's it's simple. They're gonna use him a ton. He's a freak athlete. It, the team, the team had running success with horrible quarterback play and running backs who are way worse than Bijan Robinson. Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson, not not scrubs, but not as good as Bijan Robinson. They were able to run it very well. Algier had, uh, what was it, over 1,000 yards. Yeah, and he did. Uh, Patterson had, I think, 600 rushing yards. So 
this is a team that is good at running the ball, wants to run the ball. They spend that eighth overall pick on Bijan Robinson, who can also catch the ball incredibly well. And I just think the volume is going to be there, and he has the the talent to break off one or two runs each game. I've got him at two. I, I just see it as happening. I see it as working out. The only thing that could stop it in my eyes is injuries, but I'm not going to predict injuries. Okay, and so we're we're down to our number one guy, I think, both of us. And I think we are we are both in agreement here, yep. I think. And it is Christian McCaffrey, unless your hottest of hot takes was Josh Jacobs number one and Christian McCaffrey falls out of the, I don't I don't know what's more <laughs> what what's more interesting to talk about right now. Saying what we think about Christian McCaffrey at one or just skipping right ahead to why you ha- don't have Josh Jacobs in your top. I've, I've got reasons. We'll we'll get to it. I have okay. reasons. The okay. holdout was okay. part of it. The holdout is part okay. of it. And I think that like also like Jonathan Taylor isn't on either of our yeah. list too. Kind yeah. of for the same exact reason, but also he is concerningly injured, questionably injured, like every single day Hobbling is a different around thing as with an him. old man. Regardless. Um Christian McCaffrey, like, yeah. dude's going to be involved in the running game. Dude's going to be in, revol- involved in the receiving game. He's probably the focal point of this offense behind whatever quarterback wins out that battle. Um, I, I, I get the, I get the idea that when Elijah Mitchell came back, he was a better res- or better rusher and got more of the opportunity. But I, th- I just don't think it matters. Like Elijah Mitchell is such a volatile factor in that offense where he's honestly getting hurt for four or five games anyways on the season like Christian McCaffrey can just do it all I I, I'm not concerned about drafting Christian McCaffrey anywhere between the first and the fifth pick in in a uh, fantasy football draft like dude as long as he knock on wood like I call Christian McCaffrey like that that x that you just can't get rid of right like he either he either is like He's burned you in the past because he's, and that's kind of the concern. Like he's burned you in the past and you're just like, I cannot go back to him, but you're seeing every single season now, like somebody else get with him. And you're like, Oh man, that's a good time. I want, I want, I want my Christian McCaffrey back. And now the problem is it's like, all right, this year, am I going to, am I going to get back with my, with my ex Christian McCaffrey here and, and and hope that it, it is the good times or maybe it's the bad times. Um, but yeah, I think this year for sure he's said it, forget it. Yeah, you kind of you kind of took the words out of my mouth. It's when I'm looking at my opponent and I see Christian McCaffrey on their team, that's the number one player I don't want to be on their team because he can yes. he can just put up 35, 40 points and he doesn't even need a ton of volume. He doesn't need a game script. It just he does his thing. Um only 14.4 rushing attempts last year, but he still averaged, you know, 18 points a game. He's 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 unreal. He's unreal. He can do it all, man. Like there there are some he threw weeks a touchdown. where like he'll throw <laughs> touchdowns. Like the man can do it all, and that's why he got paid. Um, while the other running backs don't get paid because he can also be a quarterback and he can be your fourth string quarterback, I guess. Um, do you want to run down our list real quick again and then talk about why some of these guys why did Josh not make Jacobs our list? did not make the list? Yeah. yeah um, so yeah, at twelve, wanna, I had Joe Mixon, yeah, you and go. you had. At 12, I had Jameer Gibbs. All right, so Mixon and Gibbs. 11, I had Najee, and you had? I had Joe Mixon. All right. 10, I had ETN. We both had ETN at 10 there. 9, I had Gibbs. 9, I had Tony Pollard. 8, I had Ramondre Stevenson. We both had Ramondre Stevenson there at 8. 7, I had Tony Pollard. I had Josh Jacobs on uh, as my running back 7. 6, I had Derrick Henry. 
also Derrick Henry there at running back six. I, I, honestly, the fact that we, we didn't show each other rankings before, and we actually had several no. that lined up. We, we had, yeah, so it works out, you know. It's five, great. I had Austin Eckler. At five, I had Nick Chubb. Four, I had Saquon Barkley. I had Bijan Robinson as my four. Three, I had Nick Chubb. Austin Eckler for me at three. Two, I had Bijan Robinson. Saquon Barkley is my two. And number one, I had Christian McCaffrey. Yes, I had Christian McCaffrey as well. Um, I'll let you go first. Of course, Why? we already talked about Where's Jonathan Josh Taylor. Jones? Jonathan Taylor is not on either of our lists because I think there's just too much concern there to even talk about him. But Josh Jacobs, not even cracking your top 12. Yeah, so part of it is the holdout. If if Josh Jacobs was back today and they weren't you know going out and signing Damian Williams, if, jo- if Josh Jacobs just came back and that, I'd have him probably at 11 or 12 still. I would put him in the top 12, but it would be quite a bit lower. Look, last season, in my eyes for Josh Jacobs, was an anomaly. Uh, 2019, 269 opportunities. 2020, 318. 2021, 281 opportunities. 2022, 404 opportunities. I don't see the opportunities uh, uh, being that high. And yes, he was efficient. He was a good running back, but but twelve touchdowns. That number uh, could go down to nine, like it was in twenty twenty one. The receiving work was ha- has been pretty consistent past two years, so I'm not overly worried about that. And yes, he's an explosive runner, but I see the overall number of opportunities going down, not because there's something wrong with Josh Jacobs, but because I see this offense as having fewer offensive opportunities. Pretty big downgrade in quarterback, in my opinion. And I think that that will really hurt this offense's production, productivity. And sure, he might get, you know, every carry and all the receiving work as the running back, but this team might just run fewer plays and be in the red zone a lot less. And for that reason, he would be kind of 11 or 12 for me. I don't see the upside with this with this Jimmy Garoppolo run offense. And with the holdout on top of that, with the team signing Damian Williams, it just gives me more uncertainty. So I, I left him off today. And you know what? That That's definitely fair however i just like i also kind of talked to like the the negative regression on josh jacobs from having an insane year like even if like josh jacobs got 100 less touches that's still like 340 something touches like it, it like even just taking that off i still think that this offense is fed through him um however yes contract concerns are a little worrisome, but they weren't worrisome enough at this point right now for me to leave him off. Um, the only guy that I didn't have on my top 12 that we talked about here was Nashi Harris, and he probably is, like, the next guy on my list. Like, if we had to do, like, if we did top 13 instead, like, he'd be my 13th guy there, and it's like, okay, like, these 13 guys are all going to have a solid floor, and there's no question about them just totally disappearing every single week. Like, yeah. these are the 13 guys. Like, he he sets that bar for me between, like, like player that has kind of injury concern or a crowded backfield versus guy who I know is going to be a prominent role in their offense and command touches. And I think that's where Najee Harris is just kind of like that. He's He is the bar for me. And so that's why I put him out to- outside my top twelve. Who's who's the player outside the top twelve that you're like most excited about? Because there there's some players that like I'm never gonna rank top twelve, but like are the players that I really want. I mean, Cam Akers is kind of one that yeah, I'm not gonna Cam put Akers him as twelve. Cam Akers is a, but... is a hot, yeah hot commodity, but like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he like shoots up and I would rank him as like my running back fifteen come week two or something like in season rankings. Um, 
Miles Sanders okay. is a guy that I think is just getting written off a little bit because mm-hmm. he was on a good Eagles offense. Like I still think Miles Sanders is a talented rusher despite like having insane opportunities behind a really good um, Eagles line. I don't think the downgrade from offensive line at, in Philadelphia to Carolina is crazy. Like it's not a dramatic drop, but it is still a drop. But I think like there's nobody to like try to take touches from him. Like I yeah. really don't believe like Chuba Hubbard is going to be more of a factor this season than he was in last season. And he only was a factor last season because everyone keeps getting hurt or they trade their running backs away. So like Miles Sanders and he also is just like he commands a lot of touchdowns and a lot of goal line work. And that's kind of why I like him. Like in that kind of fourth to fifth to sixth round range, like him and him and James Conner both are just kind of like boring players who yeah. are good and are going to like command a solid floor. So those are guys I'm, I'm looking out for that. I wouldn't be surprised make it into my top 15 on a week to week basis. It's crazy. Fifth round, you got Miles Sanders, a starting running back. You got J.K. Dobbins, end of the fifth round. Alexander Madison, 5'11". Uh, James Conner and Cam Akers in the sixth round. You got so many starting running backs who aren't old, who aren't injured, who are talented going so late this year. Are you going zero RB in, in leagues, or are you trying to get one of these kind of top-tier elite guys like McCaffrey or, or Eckler or Saquon? And I think it depends on, like, it depends on the um, kind of the draft situation, but I am leaning towards kind of going more zero running back because I am just really high on the opportunity to take one of those top three quarterbacks. Yeah, I think taking one of the top three quarterbacks this season is basically like getting a quarterback and an extra flex player. And I think that means more than getting one of these running back ones. Like if I get, if I spend the first four rounds getting wide receivers, a tight end and a top three quarterback and my two running backs are like cam Akers and like James Connor, I'm feeling so good about that. Like yeah. that, that, that feels really good to me. So I'm, I'm leaning that way, but you know, I'll never say no to like, if I'm like at the ninth pick and Bijan Robinson is yeah. still there, like I, I will take him every single time. If you if you can't get one of those top three, are you waiting till you know the end with some of these guys like Jared Goff that you mentioned you like a lot, or are you taking a shot on one of these kind of middle round upside guys like Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence? Because because personally, I I love the idea of pairing your guy Jared Goff with a high upside rookie like anthony richardson and kind of letting that play out or even aaron Rodgers and richardson i I still think that there is value to like going with a running or with a quarterback and you're like round the six to seven like i think justin herbert is going to be a really good guy this year like i put my faith in justin herbert last year kind of was disappointed but he also was hurt and had a bad offensive coordinator and kind of situation there yeah like I'm kind of putting my, this is the last year I'll put my faith in Justin Herbert. Cause if it doesn't work, then Justin Herbert just like doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Um, and even though he, he did get the new contract, it's like just for him, like it's time, it's time for him to show up, yeah. you know? And so like, if he doesn't, he doesn't. Um, but yeah, I still feel good. Like taking like, like a Lamar Jackson or a Justin Herbert in like the fifth or sixth round, if the opportunity comes See, see, the problem for me with zero RB this year is as much as I love those running backs like in the fifth round, I also love like uh, uh, Chris Olave in the third, yeah. you know, Devontae Smith in the fourth, Calvin Ridley. So there's so it's it seems like such a deeper 
draft this year. Maybe we're just saying that because no one's gotten injured yet in preseason, but it does True. genuinely seem like a deeper draft than usual this year. When I, Whenever I've done a mock, you get to the sixth round and they're starting players that will be starting that you're confident in, and that isn't usually the case. Yeah, and I think there's just like the explosion of really good wide receivers on yeah. every single team being super productive. Like there's just a bunch more of them um, yeah. now. So it'll be it'll be interesting and can't wait to figure it all out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, the running back rankings. And these rankings will evolve over, over preseason because at least one of these guys we talked about will tear their ACL within the next few weeks. But we'll be bringing quarterback and wide receiver rankings to you pretty soon. Uh, we'll be on a more consistent kind of Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule here uh, once I move back to Kentucky. So make sure you follow this podcast wherever you listen, whether it's Spotify or Apple. And do you have any closing remarks, JT? Any words of wisdom to people who might be drafting soon? Um, man. Um, Besides don't draft, draft soon? <laughs> a, draft, draft Tank Dell for the Texans. He's my now my wide receiver one on the Texans, I think. And I'm, that's just all. Don't draft Damian Pierce. Draft Devin Singletary and Tank Dell. Devin like, Singletary. Just combo them. They're going to do wonders for you. Hey, on that interception, he he kind of was wide open. I will give Tank he Dell was. that. He, that he was. Been, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we will see you all next time. My, my, uh, my closing remarks are it's Devin Singletary season. Have a good one, everyone. Yes, sir. <laughs>